Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Alexandra Eva May. After the devastation of her own divorce, Alexandra Ava May started speaking out about how the experience impacted her life. She quickly realized there were many others out there just like her and found true solace in connecting with other divorce warriors. She emerged from the entire experience with newfound hope, self-love, happiness, and optimism. Soon after, Alexandra founded the blog, The Splendid Path, which features articles about divorce, specifically the complicated emotions that arise from such a life-changing experience. On the blog, readers will also find articles on mental health, self-care, infertility, health and lifestyle written by Alexandra as well as other guest authors. In addition to blogging, Alexandra is a writer, motivator, teacher, mental health advocate, wellness warrior and speaker. Currently, she's working on a book all about her healing journey after her own divorce is set to be released in the fall of 2022. Alexandra resides in Alberta in Canada. I am super excited to welcome you, Alexandra, to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat today. Yeah, me too. Me too. I know that so many of my listeners are going through devastating divorces right now, and I know that you went through one too. Can you tell us a little bit about what you went through to see how you got through those difficult times? Mm-hmm. 2020 was quite the year for a lot of people, to be honest, like just to touch on that, like people going through divorce. I found a lot of people are connecting with me right now because of, and probably with you as well, but I think 2020 really opened up a lot in a lot of relationships. And so just to touch on mine, mine happened a few years ago and it was a situation I was, we were together since I was quite young at like early twenties. Okay. Wow. We dated for a really long time and we lived together before we got married. And then the marriage just, I think there was a lot of red flags along the way that I didn't focus on enough, I guess. And then once we got married, they kind of reared their ugly head. And it was just kind of this realization that we just weren't meant to be together long term. So it was kind of a decision that was made that it would just be better to not stay married versus, you know, spend your whole life trying to make something work that was really not serving me, myself in the long term. And so, yeah, my divorce happened a few years ago and it was a real struggle. It's been a hard journey, but I've definitely kind of put my life back together and yeah, things are great now, (laughs) but it was hard when it happened. So how long were you actually married for? It was short. We were together before the marriage, I think for about seven years. We lived together for three or four years. So that's kind of like being married. And then our marriage, it wasn't long. It was maybe a year. So I was one of those unfortunate people with, like they call it like starter marriages. I was kind of one of those people. And honestly, we probably just shouldn't have gotten married in the first place, but it happened and you live and learn. And honestly, I know it's crazy to say, but I'm happy that I went through it all 
because it's definitely mm-hmm. brought me to a really great place. Yeah, it's interesting that knew that you were going to break up. It wasn't something that hit you. I know a lot of my listeners, it comes completely out of the blue and blindsides them. And the shock and the devastation of that obviously is something that takes time to work through. And you might be working at different speeds to your ex, but obviously you just said that you knew that it was coming. I guess with my marriage, like I know now that we shouldn't have gotten married, but at the time I didn't realize, actually, I would say I'm actually kind of a lot like those people that I didn't realize until it was like, let's split up. Uh, It was actually pretty sudden when it happened. Um, Even though these things were happening, I wasn't aware. Like I was very, my awareness in that relationship and that marriage was, I would just rate it as like 5%. I wasn't nearly self-aware enough to realize how unhealthy it was. And then things were happening. And then finally, when that awareness, I guess, came in, it was, it was, I guess, sudden. And the end in the marriage was kind of sudden. It was, but like I said, the red flags were there for a while. Hindsight's a powerful thing, isn't it? Looking back, you can often see, gosh, there were red flags from day one, but we just don't want to see them at that point. But I guess that's something you learn, right? And that's something that can make you stronger for the future. I think looking back, I had such a limited experience dating. I had such a limited experience in relationships in general when I got married. So I didn't really have a good understanding of what a healthy relationship was and what an unhealthy relationship was or who was the right person for me even. I didn't have that understanding. And so I think that total lack of experience, it was like a tornado and reared its ugly head. And like I said, we ended up splitting up. And now I feel like I have much higher level of uh, awareness of myself and my relationships and what I need from my partner. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? We don't they don't teach that at school. They don't here in the UK, that's for sure. I don't know if they teach it in Canada, but it's bananas. <laughs> they don't teach it at all. It's one of those things like everybody's gonna be in friendships or relationships or dating or marriages or whatever in some capacity, and they don't even touch on it about yeah. what's toxic and not toxic or healthy or not healthy. Yeah. I know it's crazy, even just how to succeed with a relationship, which I'm going to ask you later, because I know you've gone on and found love again. But before we get to that, can you tell us a little bit about the ripple effect from the divorce? Because I know that divorce affects lots of areas of your life, doesn't it? How did it impact you? It was really difficult for me, my, uh, personally. At the time when I was going through it, I didn't have anybody close to me that was going through it. I think maybe... When it first happened, I didn't have even a friendship of someone who had been through it. And then I just felt really alone. So I think that really made it more difficult, to be honest, that it just, I felt like I was in this dark place by myself. Eventually, I established some friendships with people that had been through it, but I also was leaving the marriage without any children. And that was quite unique. Most people that split up, or not most, but a lot of people have kids, so they have that experience, which is a whole other thing, but I didn't even have that. So I just felt like really alone in my experience. And so it really kind of rocked me and rocked my life. And like I had mentioned, like I had been with this person since early twenties, we had gone through really monumental kind of things together, like buying a house, going through university, like all those kind of like big moments in life, just going through your twenties, we kind of did it together. And so it was like, all of a sudden that person was ripped from your life too. And it was just a lot of my identity was tied up in my identity with him. So Mm. I had to really find myself after, and that it was really, it was a struggle. It was really hard for a really long time for myself. I find that with my clients who haven't had children, and obviously you were married relatively young in your twenties coming out, 
Does that add pressure, do you think? Because, you know, as women, our clock starts ticking, doesn't it? And it's like, oh, I want to have kids. I want to have kids. Oh, goodness. You know, does that add complexity that maybe if you already had a child, maybe you don't have to worry about? I think because when we split, it was like I had mentioned kind of sudden for a while after. And I think a lot of people go through this, not regret, but like thinking about it. Do I really want my marriage to be done? A lot of people, I think they leave. And then even though they're gone, they might still think maybe we can reconcile. And I went through that for a long time. But one of the things that I really kept coming back to was I really don't see this man being the father of my kids. And I knew I wanted children. And so for me, that was a priority. And I mean, if you don't want kids, then it's totally different. But for me, that was a priority. Yeah. So I kept coming back. I can't see him as the father of my kids. And that actually helped me not go back. Because if I'd gone back, I know we would have split up at some point. I would have wasted years probably trying to make it work. And then, like you mentioned, maybe missing the window, like <laughs> the biological window to have children. And so I'm actually kind of thankful that I was at that age because it really pushed me to you know, move forward. You need to find someone that's a better fit for you romantically. And then also as a potential father of any children that might come about. Yeah. And yeah, it was kind of an interesting place, but I definitely, because when we split, I was 30, I think I also was in a place of like, Oh, now I might never have kids. Like I also was in that place. Like I think a lot of divorcees, we think we're never going to find love again. We're going to be alone for the rest of our lives, which is very unrealistic, but we go there. And so I definitely thought like, I'm going to be alone forever. I'm not going to have kids. So I had to grieve that to that certainty. Cause when you're in a marriage, it's not certain, but you feel more like, okay, children can happen. But because I was all of a sudden single early thirties, I felt like I might never have children. And I had to grieve that and move past that thinking. Cause that was not true. (laughs) I think it's a great point. How did you do that? How did you grieve that and move through it? I do have really amazing friends, even if they haven't been through that. And my best friend, she's so wise. (laughs) She's wise (laughs) in her years. And she just said, you know, you deserve a healthy relationship above all. And she said, of course you want kids. And she would say, like, I'm sure you'll have them, but like you deserve a healthy relationship before any of that whether it's with yourself or a partner, you deserve that first. And so I had to really think about that. Like eventually, once I kind of moved past things, that became more of a priority. I need to prioritize that. And then if kids are right in the right relationship, then they will come. So it was kind of getting to a place of acceptance and peace about it, I guess, accepting that this was my path. And if I'm meant to have children, I will. And if I'm not, then I'm not. And I'll have a beautiful life no matter what. And once I got to that place of acceptance that no matter what happens, it'll be okay and I'll be happy, it was much easier to move forward without that hanging over my head. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned then about friends, having good friends around you, which I agree. I mean, it's one of the things I always talk about creating your breakup support team of people that really care about you and hold you, you know, when you really need it the most. But often, I suppose, if you've been with someone, especially you grew up with them, you, you were saying you've known them since your ex since you were very young, I guess a lot of your friendships were intertwined. So how did that impact your friendship group? So that I've talked about before, I didn't, and as many divorcees know, you don't just have to grieve the end of a marriage, you have to grieve the loss of so many other things. So maybe it's the house you shared with your partner. I know it's just the house, but you have to grieve that. You have to grieve all these other things. And one of the things I had to grieve was the loss of like half my family, which was his family, like my in-laws, 
the loss of my friendship with him and then the loss of our mutual friends. Because I know (laughs) there's this magical idea that we can all stay friends after. And it's just, at least in my experience, it's not true. And anyone I've talked to, it's not true. People pick sides and it's not fun, but it is just kind of the reality of the situation. So I had to grieve, I guess, losing all these things from my life, but it kind of, it opened up a space for other things to come in. So it was okay. And at the end of the day, the people that weren't part of my life after, when I thought about it later on, they really were his people. They were his friends more so than mine. And that was important for them to be around him. Anyways, I had my own kind of group of people. And I also built like I, um, one thing I talked about is, and you kind of mentioned, I called them the, my divorce tribe. When I was feeling so alone, I went to the internet to try to find people like me that were kind of rel- like in their early thirties, going through a divorce, no kids. I was trying to find people that had lived the exact same experiences as myself. And I ended up finding a, an amazing group of people on Instagram. We'd message each other. We'd have like these horrible days and we were kind of there for each other. And it's crazy because some of these people I've never even met in real life, but they became really close friends. And just establishing that circle of people who we had all lived the same experience was just so therapeutic. And it really helped kind of fill that gap that was left by losing so many other people from my life. Yeah, I love that. Your divorce tribe, creating your own divorce tribe is amazing. And with social media these days, you can, like you say, have friendships with people you've never even met. But actually, they can be a real support for you. I know that when I run my virtual retreats, the groups that are formed from that and the friendships are amazing and that these people never meet. They're all over the world coming together. But because you've got a similar connection, you're going through similar things. I think it, it really helps to have that around you for sure. I would just say, like, honestly, that's like my number one thing actually that helped. And it, it's not just in the divorce sphere. Like if you think of any kind of like trauma people have been through or healing, after, say you're a spouse of someone with cancer or you're, you're healing from addiction, all of those different things. The groups that are established are people that have dealt with the exact same thing as you. And they're so, it's so therapeutic because they, they can empathize and understand in a way that others can't. So honestly, that when people, you know, when they connect with me and they ask like loss, I don't know what to do. That's almost the number one thing I suggest connect with others who've lived that similar experience. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important. And and it can give you that sort of virtual hug almost that maybe you're really needing that love and connection from people. And I think helping each other through it is good as long as you have some positive people in the group, I guess, that can lift up your energy. And the idea is when someone's down, someone else pulls you up. So what sort of things did you use to sort of help you get through? What were the positive things that you kind of helped you put one foot in front of the other when you were going through those grieving processes? I think for myself, and this might not apply to everybody, but I started journaling before I even did anything on the internet. And just getting the thoughts out of my head and the feelings out of my head in the journal was really powerful for me because there was a lot trapped inside that I didn't even realize. And so when I'd sit down to journal, I wouldn't even have like a prompt or anything. I would just write. I would write and like free writing and some really powerful things came out on the page. And for me, some of these things, I mean, it took a while to get through, but some of them, once I actually released them, they were kind of, were gone. (laughs) It was kind of interesting how journaling really helped. And then that bridge to blogging. And so just writing about my experiences was really helpful for me during that period as well. 
I was low on money, as many people going through divorce are. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm big on going like fitness. So I go to the gym, but I didn't actually at that time have money for a membership. So I decided, okay, let's work out outside. That's how it started. But then I realized being outside, how impactful nature was. So Mm -hmm. I would go on these runs to the river valley, originally just wanting to work out. And then it was on these runs where I would break down in tears. I would like feel the need to stop and like walk slowly and breathe in the air and just like connect with nature. And then after I felt so good from exercising, but also just from being in nature. And there's more and more studies that are coming out about how impactful nature is on mental health. And I firsthand experienced that. So that was definitely something that really helped me feel better. And then working out, like I mentioned, like if you're not working outside, just fitness in general, it'll release those happy endorphins and make you feel better, like more confident about yourself and your body. So I think that was really powerful. And then again, surrounding yourself with people that love you and that support you and that are there for you when you feel like you're falling to pieces and they can pick you up as a female. I don't know if men do this, but like, I know as a female, we take our girls trips or we have our girls weekends. And like, those are so, they fill the soul, right? They just make you feel reconnected with yourself. So I think that was really important as well. Yeah, I love a girls weekend away. I also love walking around the lake or having a run around the lake where I am. It's something that I realized actually, like you, that actually being out in nature has such a big impact on your mental health. And I think people overlook mental health when they go through this and think that mental health is for other people. But divorce will impact your mental health, won't it? Mine at least did so much. Like I eventually ended up in a bit of a depression and I didn't realize the trauma I had sustained within the marriage, but also the trauma of the marriage just being done and everything being ripped away from you. And people, I mean, we see divorce everywhere and celebrities and we think 50% of couples split up and we kind of look at it. I think a lot of people is just like something like no big deal, but in reality, it's hugely traumatic. All of a sudden your life changes. All of a sudden you lose all this stuff. I mean, some people can cope with it amazingly well, but others, the trauma really hits and yeah, it impacts your mental health completely. So yeah. I totally agree there. Like, I think if you're suffering, how can I heal my mental health? My mind start there and then move from there. Yeah. Great advice. I think taking it one step at a time and not being afraid to face some of those difficult things is important because once you start facing it, you can start dialing down some of that intensity of those negative emotions You talked earlier a little bit about rediscovering who you were, because quite often we lose our own identity, don't we, in a relationship. It's quite normal because we have to make compromises for healthy relationships to work. But once you come out and you're on your own, how did you go about rediscovering what made you tick and who you were now you were single? So I think to start with, like I mentioned, journaling, it really helped me kind of discover things about myself I didn't realize that were there and writing and that sort of thing. And then pursuing new maybe hobbies and passions and things like that. Like I took an art class. Like I said, I got more into fitness. So I kind of pursued that. And I just kind of gave myself the freedom and the permission to sort of just exist and see what brought me light and and joy. And um, giving myself that space, it's surprising the things that come into your universe and the people that come into your universe. And so I did definitely have people that kind of 
I developed friendships at work that I didn't hadn't had before and they really filled me up. And I traveled. I traveled a lot. I went to I'm in Canada. So I traveled to Europe and then I traveled to South America one summer. So just traveling kind of I've always traveled, but I made that a priority. So I think those kind of activities, they really helped. Yeah, me sort of rediscover who I am. And through that, I kind of discovered things about myself. It was definitely not like a, a short process. Like it took a while. Yeah. I mean, I started dating too early, I think, but I think dating was also part of it too. You know, if you've been thinking about dating, even just getting out there, you start meeting people and these people, it sort of awakens maybe things in yourself that you realize about yourself. Like, oh, I don't know, like I, uh, that resonated with me that what that person said and let's think about that. Yeah. So I think even dating a little bit helped me kind of discover parts of myself, I guess. Yeah. I know a lot of my listeners will be thinking, yeah, I, I don't think I'm ready for dating. It's not for me. I'm never going to trust anyone ever again. I don't want to get my heart broken, which is normal and natural. Although I think when you start to dip your turn in the dating pond, even if you don't think you're quite ready for it, if you do it in a gentle way, like with the dating apps, it can really actually boost your confidence and give you a bit of hope. What did you think? And what was your experience? Yeah. So I wasn't even really thinking about dating. And then I remember I was at a hair salon. I was talking to this girl. She was also there and she had been with her guy for eight years and they were engaged for a few. They weren't married, but she had just called off her engagement, I think two months earlier. And she was already like out there dating. And I was months beyond that. And I hadn't even thought of it. And she, she, I remember she told me, you're not leaving until we sign you up for like some apps you're going to try. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I love that. It's just a stranger. And I, but I mean, she, we were there for a few hours. Yeah. So I signed up for the apps and then she made me start swiping at the hair salon. And it was kind of, I, at the time I was really in a dark place, but just that little kind of action of like looking at like who else is out there. It's like, Oh, okay. It kind of sparked something in me. Like, Maybe I can dip my toes in the water a little and just meet someone like just for coffee and see how it goes. And so I did that. I started to kind of use the apps and the apps are so non-threatening and like, you know what I mean? Like you, it's not like a person is there. If you just start there and just looking at a profile and then it sort of opens your eyes that even if your marriage failed, there's all this other potential out there for other relationships. And the thing with dating is you can decide to start. And if you realize you're not quite ready, you can stop at any point and you can have, and you never know what other people are looking for too. Like you could date someone for a month and it just, well, that was okay, but like not right. Like, you know, just get to know someone, spend time together. And it's surprising. Yeah, you start to build confidence because you also realize, oh, there's people out there that are attracted to me, that are interested in me. I didn't think anyone would ever love me again, but maybe someone will. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. The stats are behind. And if anybody's fearful that's listening about being alone forever, the statistics, it's like, I don't know the percentage, but it's quite a high percentage of people that remarry within five years. So, I mean, arguably, maybe they all shouldn't remarry, but (laughs) (laughs) want to find love after divorce, even if you think it'll never happen. I think, you know, the key is, you know, for moving on is that you've got to learn the lessons that you've been taught from the breakup. And if you can learn them 
so life doesn't have to keep teaching you them because life will, right? Then if you can learn them and then bank them and say, right, I've learned that, I've got it. Then, you know, moving on and meeting someone else, I think you're in a, a better place to do so. And, it, and it's great for my listeners that you've moved on, met somebody else. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about and what that relationship's like and what you think now are the secrets to making a relationship work? Yeah. So before I met him, I had been dating for quite a while. And I had met a lot of guys and I had even had a relationship for a while. I wasn't serious, but it was definitely, I had a relationship and I'm so happy I had actually, if people aren't considered dating, I'm happy I had all those experiences and met all those people and had disappointments and because it really showed me what I didn't want Yeah, (laughs) and it really helped me figure out, like you said, I guess the lessons like, oh, this I'm repeating my past. What am I doing? Like, and just dating kind of worked through that, I guess. So I had a while doing that. And then I had traveled and I had gone to Europe with my sister. And I remember we were in Lisbon, we were in Portugal and she left. And so I was there for a few days on my own. But I remember I dropped her off in the airport and I said, you know, Beth, I think I'm, that's her name. I said, Bethany, I think I'm ready to actually be in a relationship. And this was a while after the end of my marriage and a while dating. Like I definitely had stuff to work through first. I'm I'm actually kind of ready. I think I'm ready for that. And it was like, I just manifested it out of nowhere. 30 days later, I met him out, like not even on an app. I met him through friends out at, we were at a bar and yeah, it was all of a sudden the universe kind of presented this amazing person that was so better suited for me versus my ex. Like, mm. I, about my ex, like we were very in love and he, I don't want to, you know, talk badly about him, but there were definitely ways he didn't serve me and we definitely weren't the best match. And then all of a sudden, yeah, my guy, he is so much better for me as a partner and like for the long term. And that was one of the things my friends noticed actually, when we kind of got together and decided we were going to be in a relationship, I kept referring to him as my partner. And in the past, I always kind of laughed about that term. I thought it was such a kind of funny term. And then my one friend was saying, well, maybe you finally found someone that can do life with you in a way that you haven't had before, like an actual partner. Oh, yeah, maybe. (laughs) And yeah, Yeah. it's it's been really great. And we just have a lot in common. We're definitely we have our differences, but he's an amazing man and he's an amazing partner in life. That's great. And I think that a lot of my listeners are going to find that really inspiring because when you're going through a breakup, that seems like an impossibility a lot of the time that you'll ever find anyone that you love as much as you loved your ex. So what would you say to them to say that, you know, you found a love? Is it a different love or how would you describe that? Definitely different. It's way more mature. And it also, like I mentioned, because I had all that dating experience, I also realized, you know, there are a lot of people that aren't for me. And so once I found someone that was for me, I prioritized it a lot. I think looking back on my, the end of my marriage, I was also someone that didn't speak up when there were issues. I very much, I don't want to call myself a doormat, but I kind of was, I was very passive. I sort of just let things slide just to keep things peaceful, I guess, as much as possible. Mm. And I realized that's really actually unhealthy. Like if you're going to be in a healthy relationship, you have to be able to approach situations of conflict or disagreements. You have to be able to speak up. And so I do that with my partner now and in a very healthy way. 
and it helps us work through things and become stronger. And it's just a much more mature relationship. And I love that. Yeah. And he actually himself, you know, through a divorce himself, we're very realistic about it. Like things can end and, but we don't want it to. So it's a beautiful place to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very inspiring for us listening in and and listening to your story to go from heartbreak to happiness, which really is what you've done, which is obviously the name of my podcast. And I always (laughs) ask my guests, actually, you know, I think it's really important to define what happiness is, because if you're out looking for something, you don't know what it is, you're never going to find it. So can you tell us what happiness is for you? Happiness for me is peace, for sure. And it is just kind of being okay with whatever, like the storms of life and knowing you'll get through it because they're going to happen no matter what, whether it's divorce or something else, there's going to be storms and conflict. So happiness is kind of being in a place where you're able to ride through that. And then just kind of being like having a lot of self-love and acceptance for yourself and surrounding yourself with wonderful people. I love that. Thank you. And for people that are listening, and I know everyone's going to have been totally inspired by your story and your journey, how can they find out more about you? I have a blog, uh, com, And then I also am very active on Instagram um, at The Splendid Path. And I also am on Pinterest a little bit, but mostly Instagram and the blog. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Alexandra, for joining us. I know you'll have helped a lot of people out there listening today. That's it for today's episode, but please be sure to check out Alexandra's Instagram and Pinterest at The Splendid Path. I look forward to you joining me on our next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review in iTunes will win the chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day, including exclusive one-on-one coaching with Sarah Davison herself. Be sure to head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Sarah's gift. Then join us on the next episode.